Hello and welcome. This is season three of Wild Podcast, where everyone needs adventure. This season, we're talking to the most determined, persistent, and courageous writers of our time. Thank you for tuning in to Wild Podcast. Today, I have in front of me Mr. Rick Schaefer. He's the author of Game of My Life, 100 Things Arkansas Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die, and the University of Arkansas Vault. Mr. Rick, how are you doing? Doing great, Darshan. If I was everything that you just said the author should be, I would have finished the fourth book that I'm working on by now, but I haven't. So So what's the fourth book that you're working on? The fourth book I'm working on is a biography of Frank Broyles, who was the uh, longtime head football coach and athletic director at the University of Arkansas. Uh, Spent over 50 years of his life there. You could argue that he is the most influential man that's ever lived in the state of Arkansas. You could make that argument because of what he did to bring the state together. And I'm about halfway through with it, but I've been working on it for four years because I have these other jobs that kind of interfere with uh, being able to finish. But I will finish, and I think that'll be, in my opinion, a more important work than the three that I've done. Okay, I'm glad you said something about working on your book for four years. How long did it take you to work on The Game of My Life? A few months. Um, I was approached by The Game of My Life was a, a series that were done uh, at a lot of colleges. And I had left the athletic department. I worked there for 24 years uh, where Coach Burles was the athletic director. And when I left and they were looking for someone, the publisher was looking for somebody who had a knowledge of right Razorback history. Uh, so they contacted me. And uh, they, when you're working for a publisher, they put deadlines on you. And so I'm going to say that that book took me probably four to five months to complete. Okay, so most people who listen to this broadcast want to know, uh, what are your techniques on writing your uh, any particular book? Well, that book was strictly a, uh, it was several chapters by several Razorback football players and talking about a game that they, was a partic- particularly significant game in Razorback history that they played a leading part in. And so it was recalling uh, the lead up to the game, the game itself, and the post game with some, uh, a little bit of biography in each one of those. And so the technique was obviously to interview those who participated. And that was the fun part because I knew most of them uh, through my years of working at the athletic department. There were a few that had, there were two or three that played after I had left that the games were of significance, but they were still very gracious to uh, do the interview with me. So the technique is first you gather the information and, uh, and then remembering most of the details of the game helped me too. And then you just start writing. So which sport do you love the most? Baseball, but I've never written a baseball book, but I've read a whole lot of them. So, uh, so what are the things that you know about baseball? What, what is your expertise about baseball? Well, I don't know if I... Uh, I, I love the game. Uh, I remember the first time I went to a major league game, I was nine years old. And when you're that age, you're very impressionable. And you walk into a major league ballpark, and it's overwhelming. And the grass is the greenest grass you've ever seen. And the smells are the greatest smells you've ever seen. And you see these guys out there doing things that there's no way in the world you could do. And so I think that's why I got addicted. And then you study the nuances of the game. Uh, it's also a daily game. And I think that uh, when you're talking about persistence, uh, the dailiness of baseball teaches you persistence. Because there's no, there may be a few off days, but in the major leagues, you play 162 games in 180 days. And that means you're out there all the time. Uh, and that's what I love about it is every day you've got a chance to do something good. And when you fail, you get a chance to do something good the next day. Gotcha. So what's a fun fact or tip uh, that you wrote about in the 100 things Arkansas fans should know and do before they die, if you can remember? Yeah. Um, let's see. That one was about three years ago, I think I finished it. So a tip from that one 
Well, the first thing is, you, know, you start with one, two, and three, and, uh, okay, Hugo, the, the three Bs are Bezdek, Barnhill, and Broyles. Hugo Bezdek was the football coach in 1909 when the University of Arkansas was known as the Cardinals. And, uh, but Razorbacks were kind of the, uh, kind of the subliminal uh, symbol for Arkansas, even back in the Civil War. Uh, their soldiers and their units were called Razorbacks. And so after Arkansas beat LSU in a game in 1909, and back then you traveled by train, uh, when Hugo Bezdek and the team got back to Fayetteville, there was a great crowd to greet them. He said, our team played like a wild band of Razorback Hogs. And it caught on and eventually led to the change of the nickname at Arkansas from Cardinals to Razorbacks. Mm. Uh, so that was big. And Hugo Bezdek also, uh, I believe, is the only man that's ever coached a major college football team coached an NFL team, and managed a Major League Baseball team, so which all came after he was at Arkansas. Okay. So that's that's one B. John Barnhill uh, was the athletic that came in 1946 as head coach and athletic director, and he's the one that really built the wall around Arkansas. The program wasn't very good. He said, we got to get the best players in Arkansas to come to Arkansas because they've been leaving the state, and he kind of started building that state, that foundation. Then he was the athletic director that hired Frank Royals as football coach, and when you look back in the 1960s, Arkansas had, had won one national championship and came within a game of three others. So it was a dominant program in the 60s with Burrells as football coach. Gotcha. So, Mr. Rick, do you find yourself being as disciplined and determined as most of the athletes that you cover as far as like your work ethic or things wow. like that? Wow. I don't know that I've ever tried to compare myself to that. I think that uh, the military and athletics probably teach disciplined habits better than anything in America today. And, uh, and America's got a lot of disciplined people. Uh, you can like or dislike the current president, but he is one of the most disciplined workers that you will ever see. And he, I don't know if he ever sleeps. And you see business leaders like that. Uh, when I think of what it takes for a, a football player, for instance, uh, the games themselves last about three hours. Mm -hmm. You play 12 college football games in a year. That's 36 hours. At a bowl game, that's 39 hours. Throw in an extra hour for, heck, for the heck of it, that's 40 hours. Those guys work basically 50 weeks. They may take a couple weeks off. 50 weeks a year for 40 hours of playing. I'm not sure there's any other place in America that takes that type of discipline to be prepared for what you're doing. Right. So to say, do I have that same type of discipline? I'm not sure there are any many humans that have that kind of discipline. So who's your favorite athlete? Well, uh, there are several that I admire. Uh, I would say if you're asking my favorite of all time, it would be Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken Jr. was a longtime shortstop, then played third base some for the Baltimore Orioles, and because uh, the Orioles were my favorite baseball team. But he not only was a Hall of Famer because he got over 3,000 hits, he had over 400 home runs, and those were Hall of Fame numbers for an infielder. But what he's famous for is how many consecutive games he played. Right. He broke a record that was supposed to be unbreakable, and he broke it by over 500 games. He played in 2,632 consecutive games, which when you look at baseball and the grind that it is, that is the equivalent of 16 full seasons without missing a game. Nobody else has come close. Mm. So you know a lot about sports, and the people who are either going to watch this or listening to it via the audio podcast, can you explain to them the other things that you do besides write books? Well, that's a very small part of what I do. Uh, for the for 24 years, I did public relations and communications for the University of Arkansas Athletic Department. When I left there, 
I've had various other things I've, I've done, but for right now, I'm in my 13th year as communications director for the Springdale School District, and which is kind of like what I did in athletics, except, for, except it's for an entire district, and I don't get into athletics that much. It's telling the stories of great things going on in our classrooms and in our district, and um, it's a really fun job. I like it a lot. Springdale's the second largest district in Arkansas. We have about 23,000 students, uh, about 2,300 employees. So you can add those up and say there are a lot of good stories to be told there. Mm -hmm. And then um, the person I work for, Dr. Jim Rollins, our superintendent, has been kind enough to allow me to stay in the other world, too, the sports world. And so at 4 o'clock, I close my door and for three hours uh, talk on statewide radio, mostly about the Razorbacks, but really all uh, areas of sports. All right. Are you still running your nonprofit organization? My wife is executive director of Champions for Kids, and so she's still involved with that, and I do help a little bit, but I'd say she does 98% uh, of the work. And are you, do you guys have anything coming up soon? No events or anything. She's working on some projects right now that we think are going to be significant in helping kids uh, all the United States, and that's that's what we want to do. Gotcha. So we're going to get just a little bit personal. I'm going to tell everyone kind of how I know you. Uh, <clears throat> so this interview to me is very special. Because I, when I moved up here, I believe I was I was 19 at the time, but I didn't meet Mr. Rick until I was maybe about 21, 22. And there was a young lady uh, by the name of Priscilla that I was going to the community college with. She told me about uh, Mr. Rick and his wife Adelaide, and she told me that they went to I think at the time was it Pinnacle Hills Church? Uh, yeah, Cross Church, and it was at Pinnacle Hills, and we still go to Cross Church. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, so Mr. Rick is very close to me because we're brothers in Christ. We go to the same church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And part of the reason I have this podcast and I do some of the things I do was because at the time, I'm not going to say your age, but at the time, he was an older gentleman than myself. And I was like, if he can do all these different things, so can I. So I, I fashioned and modeled my, my life and my beliefs after Mr. Rick because I, I loved his union with his wife. Uh, he was just always dedicated to work, and I just fashioned myself after you. So to, to interview you is, is an honor and a pleasure, and I really appreciate you for your time. I'm glad you said that at the end, because I'm not sure I could have spoken much after that. That was very nice. Thank you. And it's, it's great to see you in this position. When you say you're young, you still look pretty darn young, Darshan. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and I'm still just as much older than you than I was then. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys for listening to WOW Podcast. By all means, go to wowpodcast.shop. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot shop. Check out our podcast. We are on every Wednesday. This is season three where everyone needs adventure. Thank you for tuning in.